the 11th of November. Welcome to the Hot Topics for Small Nonprofits podcast, where it's all about sharing tips, tools, and techniques to help your organization produce powerful results. I'm your host, Cindy Michael, and today we are talking about insurance. During my, gosh, more than 20 years as a volunteer and board member with all sorts of organizations, one of the most common things I hear groups or board members is why do we need insurance? And can we just save some money and remove that from our budget? And that should make you want to run out of the room when you're on a board. We're joined by Kristen Baer from RV Nucio and Associates, a company that specializes in insurance for small nonprofits just like yours. He's an expert on insurance for small volunteer-run groups as well as for event insurance. He's had um, lots of experience, about a half a dozen years or so, working at USAA, Um, State Farm and another independent agency, Uh, but his focus is mostly on liability insurance. So he's going to talk to us a lot about that today. He works, uh, like I mentioned, with RV Nucio and Associates. The RV Nucio family has been insuring nonprofits since 1952, so they know what they're doing. They focus on special events and nonprofits and um, school support groups and nonprofit chapters. So as you can tell, Our guest today has a tremendous amount of experience behind him, as well as the organization he works for. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. I'm glad you're taking your time out today to help us out on Veterans Day. Um, So like I said, some groups don't understand the value of insurance. We're just going to jump right in here. Can you talk to us about why it's a good idea for these groups to have insurance? Definitely. These groups are are their own separate entities. School support groups are a great example. I hear all the time. Uh, we're covered under the school district's insurance. I don't need my own policy. Well, the school district is separate from the school support group. And unless they've provided you with proof of insurance in hand, you're not covered. Uh, it, because these are volunteer organizations we're talking about, HOAs, nonprofit chapters, and these school support groups, the volunteers can be found personally liable for anything that happens. Uh, An example being uh, a volunteer causes a slip and fall. And because you can be found personally liable, that means you can be sued directly. Your home insurance might cover some of the bill, but most homeowners policies will only cover up to a hundred to 300,000. That can be um, a horrible experience and Mm -hmm. one that you don't want to be personally liable for. Exactly. You Gosh. you worked so hard to, to build up your life. Maybe you have one or two cars, you have a home, you mm-hmm. have a savings account, you're doing really well, and then it's all gone in an instant because it, yeah. you volunteered at an event. You don't want to be you don't want to be found in that situation. You want to make sure that you and the other volunteers you're working with have that adequate coverage. Right. Well, so that speaks to kind of some of those risks that, that board members are exposed to? Are there other um, risks that they might be exposed to other than like physical harm? Definitely. the all, all the members are exposed to risk, but the board members, as you mentioned, have a particular risk. Um, namely, the board members are generally handling most of the funds. Uh, so they can be found responsible for if, let's say, the treasurer is stealing, uh, the other board members can can be sued directly because, because of that theft mm. and mismanagement of the money. Uh, the board member who was stealing uh, now has caused monetary loss to to the board and to the organization. Either has to be reimbursed by fundraising activities, or if you're smart, you bought insurance for it. 
uh, under either a bonding or crime coverage. Um, And then back to the liability, the board members especially are individuals who would be named in that lawsuit, a kid getting hurt, uh, like a, an example being a parent group that hosts a fundraiser, fundraising activity with bounce houses. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like bounce houses. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hear most insurance companies don't. <laughs> <laughs> and especially from a risk management standpoint, you're like, oh, there's all these little kids bouncing. And I love the fact that they're having a good time. But all you need is little Timmy bounces too hard and little Jimmy falls over and, and hurts his wrist. And that can lead to a whole whole uh setback no no nobody wants to i don't think anybody maliciously wants to sue their organization that they're they're partnering with uh but there's medical bills involved and that can be a huge uh, setback for a parent having to pay for their kids medical bills right especially if their own insurance doesn't cover it or maybe they don't have insurance especially in this day this is out of pocket yeah very expensive oh good point so one of the things about insurance, and, and I know I sometimes feel this in my own personal life, but I most certainly do when it comes to a, a nonprofit and, you know, being the, not the owner of it, I'm just, you know, one of the leaders of it, you know, it, it seems that insurance can be kind of confusing and, and feel overwhelming. Like what, what is it that I need to insure us for? And how do I know, you know, how much is enough and what type of insurance? and um. All those questions, like how how can a new person to a nonprofit board um, learn about what types of insurance they need to consider and and why? How do they navigate that world? Do they just call you? Definitely calling us, or or we actually have a website <laughs> uh, okay. dedicated to this. It's called protectyournonprofit.com. Uh, it's not going to be applicable to every nonprofit, but it will give you a starting point uh, with frequently asked questions, a safety guide, waivers. And other tips. Um, the main thing I always recommend is talk with your insurance broker. If you don't have an insurance broker, you should find one. Uh, it should be somebody who's knowledgeable with nonprofits. And uh, there's lots of brokers out there who focus on on nonprofits. But sitting down and talking with them and explaining, this is what our nonprofit does. We're we're an HOA or we're a school support group uh, or another type of nonprofit. These are our operations. What our uh, mission is what we hope to accomplish. From there, the broker can help direct what types of insurance coverages you need. Always starting with general liability. That's something that every group has to have because it protects you for bodily injury, property damage, or personal injury that you cause to somebody or that you're responsible for. Uh, the main thing I find that's common with every nonprofit is they all host special events and fundraisers. And at those special events and fundraisers, that's where the injuries are going to, going to occur if they occur. Somebody slip, tripping and falling over a chair while they're trying to uh, go to the buffet. Somebody uh, getting injured on one of the uh, games, if you're hosting any games. Mm. Situations such as those can leave your group exposed. Uh, so starting out with general liability coverage would be the starting point. And then from there, adding on other coverages such as bonding to protect your money directors and officers coverage to protect the board and accident uh, medical coverage to provide an extra layer of coverage for uh, if the liability coverage doesn't protect one of the exposures. 
So at the very least, they need to have general liability insurance. And ideally, they would also have bonding and directors and officers insurance. And then they could add on to that as as necessary. Exactly. So what kind of limits are we talking about? Or does that depend on the organization? It definitely depends on the organization. Uh, A smaller group, such as a school support group or a nonprofit chapter, uh, examples being your fraternal organizations or uh, a dog club, they're typically going to see limits of a million dollars per occurrence, meaning per incident, and $2 million aggregate. Oh, okay. For your larger organization, such as an HOA, those limits can be much higher. Uh, And that's going going to largely depend on your assets for the HOA, um, how much your exposure is based on what your activities are. And that's why I always suggest talking with a broker. Right. Because they can sit down and review that with you. Okay. Great. Good advice. Are there any other best practices, like from an insurance perspective? perspective that you would suggest for board members so so that they can best protect themselves um, in addition to what we've already talked about? Certainly. The, no, the number one uh, best practice that I always advise is having signed accident waivers from all of your volunteers, okay. uh, as well as if you're hosting an event with something like a bounce house, especially with the bounce houses, mm-hmm. having signed accident waivers. Um, you can always have a fire marshal come and check out the event, make sure that there's no uh, co- potential for electrical fires or maybe tripping hazards. Um, oh, oftentimes, the fire marshal will come out and check out your event um, at no cost or for a small fee. Okay. Uh, always require your vendors to have insurance if you have any vendors. Okay. At least a million dollars in coverage. For protecting the money, we always advise that you don't have any blank checks signed. Good idea. Mm-hmm. and have two people reviewing the account or doing a monthly bank reconciliation every month. Yeah, that's what we tell people as well. That's good advice. If I were new to a board and I didn't have, I, I knew I found out my group didn't have insurance, how would I go about getting started? What do I need to provide somebody for, like you to get started? To get started, I would go to the website I mentioned before, protectyournonprofit.com, review okay. the frequently asked questions in the safety guide. And then getting on the phone with a broker, um, having your mission statement and your uh, your essentially your business plan. Because even though it's a nonprofit, you still have a business plan. Your goal is to raise money and, and donate that mm-hmm. money to the cause that you support. Having the business plan and the mission statement ready will give the broker a starting point for knowing how to best ensure your organization. It doesn't hurt okay. to speak with a couple different brokers because insurance is an asset and you should always price shop your asset. You're not going to buy the first car you come across. Right. Shop around Uh, just like anything else. Definitely. And, you know, we talked a little bit about choosing an agent or a broker earlier, but um, do you have advice for what somebody might look for in their agent or broker? I mean, in addition to just knowing how to insure a nonprofit? (laughs) Definitely. We're in the age of the internet, which is amazing. Using Google to your advantage and using key search terms will help find the right broker for you. Brokers are using websites more and more to distinguish themselves from other brokers. So if you search keywords like vegan nonprofit insurance, animal shelter nonprofit insurance, HOA insurance, that will bring up brokers in your area because it's going to be different from state to state. Okay. Uh, Not every broker is national like we are. And starting from that standpoint would be the best place 
to get a list of brokers that you potentially want to work with. And if they wanted to reach out to you, what website would they look at? To reach out to RV Nucio, you can either mm-hmm. go to protectyournonprofit.com or okay. visit rvnucio.com. Nucio spelled N-U-C-C-I-O. Uh, okay. Or you can also call our office. And what's the number there? That'd be 800-364-2433. Perfect. Okay. I think you've given us a lot of really great information today that folks can take with them and uh, hopefully find a, a good solution, a good insurance solution for their organization. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day today to help us out here, Christian. I appreciate it. It's been my pleasure. Great. And thank thank you listeners for taking time out of your busy day as well. And if you like this podcast, please let us know what other topics you might be interested in. We're always looking for good ideas. You can also find additional resources on our website at moneyminder.com, including a free ebook called The Treasurer's Compass. And in The Treasurer's Compass, there is a section that talks about um, insurance and some of the same information that you've heard here today. So thank you again for listening. And until next time. 